Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. I am so excited to introduce my guest today. It is the one and only Dawn Bradley. She is in the hair industry. We have bumped into each other at live events. We see each other's posts on social media, and we both have a passion for helping hairstylists get to the next level and have success in their business. Welcome, Dawn. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I'm excited too. I was so happy to hear from you. I, you know, I always love having people that are in our same industry on the podcast. I also have people from outside the industry and they always say to me, I feel like I should be talking about hair color. The name of your podcast is Ask the Color Expert. And to which I answer, (laughs) you know, as a hairstylist, the technical skills are really only 20% of what we need to be successful. Uh, And you know that as well as being a hairstylist and a coach and a mentor. Um, So, you know, I know you have a lot going on. We were chatting right before we pushed record how much I love your reels on Instagram and how... (laughs) I have not attempted a reel yet. I love it. Um, You have a very strong presence on social media, and I think that's amazing. Uh, For someone like me, you know, I've been in the industry for 34 years. Uh, People in my age group, we're just getting used to being able to text our kids and FaceTime and (laughs) and hit the emojis, right? So so you have a little bit of an advantage with uh, being younger and being, you know, always having the the beauty of, of the connectivity of the internet. So what has that been like for you as far as reaching hairstylists and, and what you do each day? Yeah. It's funny because like, to hear you say like I have a strong presence like I have like such a love-hate relationship with social media and I don't people ask me about social media I'm like I don't teach about social media because everything that I teach can be excuse me can be applied both on and offline and that's how I approach social media I just do the things it'll be 20 years this May that I've been in the industry so I'm not a young bird by any by any means um but realizing like how can I just apply all the things that I've done in my business that I had to go pound the pavement doing and how can I do that online, which has been really fun. But um, I just really, as we were chatting before, like, I think like part of the like quote unquote success I've had online is letting go of this fear of what I think other people may think, not what they're thinking, what they may be thinking. And because I don't know what they're thinking. And I realized the biggest hindrance that held me back from showing up and being just my weird, awkward, goofy self was, I realized, and this was like the hardest thing to learn and hardest thing to admit, I realized how judgmental I was being of other people online. And I wasn't scared what other people might be thinking. I was scared that people were thinking the same way I was thinking. I love that. I love that. And and when you reached out to me, you said, I listened to your podcast with David that was about anxiety. And I didn't, I would never know that about you. Like having met you in person and having seen your social posts, I would never think that you were an anxious person. So it just goes to show you, you know, what people look like on the outside is completely different than what's going on on the inside. 
I can't tell you how many times, am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many times people have told me they thought I was a total bitch when they first met me, when really I was having an internal panic attack, but externally I present like, I'm like, you know, bitch face standoff. That's like, cause I try to like, okay, look like you've got it together, Dawn. Mm. And then I didn't realize it was giving like F off vibes to people when really inside, I'm just like, no, I'm like, my heart's palpitating. I'm feeling anxious. Um, so that like miss being, I, I'm no stranger to feeling misunderstood, misinterpreted. Um, and absolutely the, the more compassionate I got with myself and with other people, the more I was able to show up and be myself because I no longer was thinking those judgmental thoughts about other people. Therefore I wasn't scared to show up and be my authentic self as I hate saying the word authentic because I feel like it's overused these days but it's so true because it's you know the the thought in our head of what we imagine someone else to be thinking is 100% always much different and much harsher than the reality of what the person is thinking mm-hmm I even realized, like, I remember someone, I don't know where, I wish I could credit whoever it was, but someone said, who are you thinking about when you're too scared to press post or when you're too scared to go live? Like, who is it? And I had this conscious thought of like, I'm scared of the people from my hometown who aren't even the people I'm trying to help. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm so caught up in this. Like, what are people going to that knew me from high school or that knew me in my early days of my career? I'm so scared of what they're thinking. Them like rolling their eyes, being like, oh, Don, blah, blah. Who cares? Right. And I had to let that go. Being like, I if if that if being scared of what they're thinking is going to get in the way of me helping somebody who needs it, like that's really selfish of me. Absolutely. And, and the people in the hair world that see what you're doing and appreciate what you're doing they are also thinking the same thing when they should be and could be posting for their own business for the same reason. Their friends from high school, you know, their ex-boyfriend, all of those people are already following them on their social. And to that, I just say, start a new account, start a new account under your salon name and don't let people that aren't in in your, you know, ideal client avatar world get on there so that you don't feel like you're holding back because of the seven people that may be judging you who cares what are they doing for themselves you know yeah like let them watch you succeed let them let them beak you and say whatever they want and then in two years from now be like oh oh Either All right. Way. We got to back up. What is BQ? Is that Canadian? Oh, is that a, is... like chirp, whatever? Is that a Canadianism? I just said, <laughs> let them meek at you. I don't know. That could just be a Don. That could be a Don thing. I just that made up. Be, I, don't I think know. I might have to borrow that one. Let them beak you. I like that. Beak Especially you. I live in Florida. So there's a lot of beaks around here that there I can, uh, that must be what it is. I'm going to now have to look it up. Cause sometimes people are like, is that a Canadian thing? I'm like, that could be a Don thing. That could be completely me made up. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. So what is your signature course for hairstylists and and how does it benefit a, a stylist to get into your world and sign up for um, doing your coaching and your mentorship? What is it that you offer? Yeah, so I really like my whole goal in my whole 
business and what I do now is to help take the stress out of work for people. For too many years of my career, for 14 years of my career, actually, I focused on doing more and being more to make more. Um, and it was sustainable in my twenties, <laughs> right? Um, it was, I was able to do it. I prided myself on how hard I worked, how long I worked, how I bent over backwards. Like I have this quote that went kind of viral on Instagram that says your lack of boundaries is not a form of excellent customer service. Because I prided myself on like, oh, I'll come in on my days off. I'll stay late. Like, look at how good of a business owner and customer service I'm giving until it didn't until I started throwing my back out. I started getting sick. Um, and then I moved like moved provinces into a new city where I knew no one being like, these people are going to respect me more here because it's a bigger city and it's more metropolitan uh, and everything follows you. Right. Because you teach people how to treat you. Amen. Uh, yeah. Right. And then it was August 30th, 2016. Uh, I believe it was a Saturday night. We were going to sleep and I started throwing up every 20 minutes. My body started convulsing. Uh, I thought I was having a seizure. We went to the ER. My, I lost feeling in my limbs. Um, I, my face went numb. I thought I was dying. Um, it turns out it was a stress induced panic attack. And that I thought I was I, like, I remember being there being like, this is it. This is, this is where, this is it. And that whole night while I was laying in the hospital bed, I was thinking about work. Oh, I was thinking about 100%. all these tickets to classes I should refund, all these things I shouldn't do because who am I to be doing this? Like, I'm just Dawn, this small town girl from the prairies of Canada. Like, who am I to think that I could venture off? And so it was at that moment that things really shifted in any way to answer your question, because I went way off on a tangent here, is now I help hairstylists earn six figures stress-free. That's my goal because I realized I was made, I had made this income in my business, which was great. And I didn't want to sacrifice that, but I knew I couldn't sustain the means in which I was making that money. So I had to get really clever and be like, how can I continue to make this income and not burn myself out and push myself into the ground? And so I found simple ways that I would completely overlooking because I found my value in doing more, but I learned to work less and make more. And so I have a program called Rock Your Business. It's your stress-free guide to earning six figures. It's my, my big signature program um, that helps stylists just show up at work strategically. And I know that word kind of sounds scary to us creatives because it's like, I just want to be free, <laughs> but you can still like be very free and creative, but it just takes some intention. Um, and it's really, really exciting to see my students. Like one of my students made $5,000 in one week after taking my program, which is like, I don't even know. How they did. Like, I'm like, they're getting better results than I ever got. Right, right. That's so exactly exciting. what happens. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I can totally yeah. relate to your story about the priding yourself on the going above mm -hmm. and beyond. That was my story. I started alone in a you know, 500 square foot salon with two chairs. And it was, you know, oh, where am I going to get all these clients from? And then literally a month in, it was like, how much longer can I turn this day into? It was mm -hmm. coming an hour early, stay an hour later, give up the lunch, give up the dinner. Then it was carpal tunnel and both wrists very soon after mm -hmm. no, no shampoo assistant, no help, just me. Mm -hmm. And fast forward to many years later when I was giving birth to my son Mm -hmm. And I went on my delivery day. It was like clockwork, you know, went to the hospital and I'm in the stirrups, literally pushing him out going payroll. Today's a payroll, <laughs> Today's a payroll day. Jeff, you got to pay the girls. You got to pay. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like, are you really doing this right now? And yeah. shortly after giving birth, 
finding out that while I was giving birth, a local salon was, the owner was in my salon actively pursuing my entire staff to take them to work for her. So I had zero maternity with my son. I literally went back within four days of having him to save my business. So I hear you with the badge of, I am so amazing that I took no maternity. Screw that. Like, I still feel bad about that. I'm like, that was so wrong of a way to handle that, but it's fear, right? Mm -hmm. Everything always goes back to fear. I'm like, I have this full, amazing clientele and these girls are leaving and Mm -hmm. I have to get there, get to these clients first and keep them so that everybody Mm -hmm. doesn't leave with them. And now I can look back and be like, let them all go. There is, there's no reason to stress over that. If the client wants to leave, the client wants to leave anyway. If they want to stay, they're, they're, you know, attached to me and it is what it is. I think the industry is changing a lot with cell phones and everybody having their own client information on the phone and Mm -hmm. owners like me who started in 1989, that was like the biggest nightmare you could ever imagine is that your staff has every client's name and phone number. That was, you know, you had right. a hidden, hidden box with the names and phone numbers yeah. and everything. Was the so recipe tough. box. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, the reality is looking back, the client has a choice and always has and always mm-hmm. will. And no matter what you do, and I still see it on forums, you know, one of my stylists is leaving. What do I do? Should I tell them? I don't know where she went. No, tell them where she went. You know, integrity speaks so much louder. Integrity. 100%. like. I remember, so when I left the salon that I worked at for on and off for 10 years, cause I went and traveled overseas. I had an amazing boss. Like I remember being like, her name was Tony. And I was like, Tony, I want to go to Australia for six weeks. And she's like, cool. Like, I want you to go to Australia for six weeks. That's amazing. And I thought she handled this so well, instead of just being like shutting it down and saying no, because like, who can, she's like, so here's the deal, Don. We're going to have a chair empty in the salon for six weeks. I need that chair to generate income so I can pay rent here. So let's come up with with a plan that I can give you those six weeks, but that the business doesn't suffer. And I thought, wow, like, so I worked extra for nine months to help give myself those six weeks off, which was like, what an amazing boss to like, let's figure out a solution. Um, So I went and then I ended up leaving for a year. I obviously had to quit to leave for the year, but she gave me a job when I came back. But at first there like, wasn't a chair. So she's like, we'll just wait till one opens up. This person's having a baby in Canada. We get year long maternity leaves. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. I have a friend, Lindsay Mayuga, who I don't know if she, she has a podcast called she makes waves. She just had a baby and she's like, I'm so envious now of like you Canadians. I don't, have children but she's like you guys get a year and I was like yeah it's pretty rad amazing but but you know what even if you have that luxury financially make no mistake your client is not waiting a year so you still have to rebuild whether or not Mm -hmm. you had that you know um, yeah like you have to and and I always say like maintaining those relationships like just shoot them an email once a month just being like hey this is update that I'm on can't wait to see you um I don't know what our original, what I, what the point of what I was saying was now anymore. <laughs> That's okay. This is the ADD podcast. You are right at home. <laughs> for like, me, oh me, the biggest um, punch in the face for lack of a better uh, word was when I moved here to Florida two years ago, I had my salon for 30 years. It was very successful. We were all booked solid. I had a really amazing clientele And of course, everyone's original reaction was, oh my gosh, you're leaving me. What am I going to do? My color, my color. It was all about them and their roots. And when I said, this is Jessica, she's amazing. She's replacing me. Um, You're in great hands. She has your recipe. You know, everything's going to be great. Yada, yada. 
I've been here two years. They are perfectly happy. Their hair looks amazing. Life went on, but not a single one has reached out in either a Facebook DM, uh, a, a text. Most of them have my phone number, an email, a card saying, how, how did it go? How did your move go? How's life? I miss you. Not one. And, and, and people can listen to this and be like, oh, well, she probably doesn't. Her clients really didn't like her. My clients would be so, no. So when you go back to me in the stirrups and mm-hmm. doing all the extra for them, and then to see what, how little I mean to them in the end, it, it makes me pop veins when I'm on the forums and people are like, oh, I can't do that because she's so loyal and she's so this. I'm like, oh, honey, fast forward. I mm. wish I could have you see the future, like rub a little snow globe and show you what it's going to look like when you want them to show you love and support. I'm yeah. sorry, but you're just their hairdresser. That's it, it is what it is. I love that you say that because this is one thing that I've gotten a little bit of flack on. And so I'm so glad that you understand this too, is because people kind of misunderstand when I say this, but like, this is not a reciprocal relationship. It feels like one. And oftentimes we blur the lines between business and friendship on, we blur it and they blur it. Like we oh, feel like we're sense. in a friendship and who doesn't love a friendship that you don't have to do anything for right? Like I actually was just saying to my boyfriend, I'm like, I actually want to pay someone to be my friend. So I don't have to be there for them, but they can just be there for me. Like who doesn't love the idea of that, that it's like, that's what you have a therapist for, right? Like something that's all about you. And so clients can often feel like, yeah, it is like, they think it's a genuine friendship as well. We think it's a genuine friendship. So we struggle to say no, but we forget that it's a business transaction that they are paying us to do this. And it was through when my dog used to come to work with me, Um, he was like such a big part of my life and my client's life when he passed that I had the aha moment that like, I can't have this expectation that they're going to be there for me. That's not what this relationship is. And so by putting that expectation on them, it's setting myself up for disappointment. I had a couple of clients that I thought for sure would be the most understanding when I took time away from behind the chair, because like my dog was my soulmate. He came to work with me. I couldn't fathom going back. I took three months almost four months off completely where I didn't go back. And someone who, my client who had lost a dog as well, went like, but what about my hair? And I remember feeling so disappointed being like, I thought you'd be the one that would understand. Like it's just hair. And so this isn't to diss my clients or to shame clients, like not at all. It's an aha moment of realizing these are not reciprocal. These are not meant to be reciprocal relationships. We cannot give, give, give and be like, well, how come they're not giving back? Our job is to give and we have to know when giving it, like when the giving stops. And oftentimes because we're people pleasers, because a lot of times we struggle with our own self-worth because we fear upsetting people and our value is found, we find our value in making other people happy because we don't know how to make ourselves happy. We overgive. And then we think, well, like, what the heck? They're not even doing this and realizing they were never meant to, and they're not supposed to. And with it being that one-sided thing, also the the discounting because of mm. the false sense of friendship. It's like, oh, she's my favorite. She's so loyal. She's been coming for so long. I'm not going to mm-hmm. charge her for that end glaze. I'm not going to charge her for that treatment. And what happens is they don't know that we are giving them things free most times. You know what I mean? We think that they get it when they check out and they're like, oh my gosh, only 150? That should have been at least 200. 
they're mm-hmm. not thinking. They hear the price, they're busy, they pull out their card or their checkbook or cash or however they pay. They're not, they're half paying attention. They do the transaction and they leave and they don't get that they just got a gift. And it's not like a tit for tat. Oh, you, I gave you this, I want this. But at the end of the year, when it comes time to holiday gift giving and you're like, oh, she's going to totally take care of me because <laughs> I discounted her $300 or more throughout the year, it's really going to come back. And then she gives you a freaking candle that was at the impulse aisle at Marshall's on her way out when she was buying herself a beautiful Ferragamo handbag. She grabbed mm-hmm. that $2 candle for you because you you really matter to her, you know? Yeah. And then you're like, what the hell? When you, <laughs> and it's, oh. it's so true how you're like, oh my gosh, really? That's what, that's what you think of when you think of me, this candle after we spent all year together, you know, like you have this whole story of how friendly you are. And someone, I think it was Donald Scolari years ago. He used to talk about raising your prices and, Mm -hmm. you know, why everybody gets so caught up in the emotional part of it. And he said, when you think that your clients are your friend, do you have them over to your home on Thanksgiving or Christmas? Do you invite them to your birthday party? You know, that's a friend. Mm -hmm. So a friend, a friend isn't someone that pays you money for a service, a friend is a friend, you know, and if, and if your friend pays you for hair, great, but she was your friend before that, you know what I mean? Yeah. She didn't become your friend through the chair. And, and if I could wave a magic wand, you and I both have such passion for helping stylists to reach that six figure level. And the number one bleed on their income is always the friendship pricing and the bundling. That makes me crazy when people are like, well, you can't charge extra for blah, blah, blah. I'm like, when's the last time you sat down at a restaurant and you were like, hmm, I'm going to have the French onion soup, a Caesar salad, my entree dessert and two cocktails, but they're only going to charge me for my meal because I'm pretty and they like me and I come here a lot. No, no other industry bundles things together. Yeah. I like, I love that you brought this up because when I hear people be like, and they didn't even tip me, I was like, one, your prices shouldn't be put into a place with an expectation of a tip ever. But also when you were saying that I actually did a post um, that I didn't even realize I said this once and I was speaking at an event and someone was like, this was so powerful. And I was like, I said that, (laughs) but I said, people will never thank you for a gift. They never know they got. And so many times we do emotional discounts because we're scared. Like I, the elusive $200 used to be scary to me. I didn't ever want it. Anytime it was over 200, I'd be like 189, (laughs) And it would be like, they would buy five products and their bill would go over 200. And I, then I discount their service because Mm -hmm. I was scared. I was like, no, one's going to want to pay more than 200. Like it was a self-worth thing. Um, and realizing like I was discounting and people weren't knowing they were getting a discount. So then all of a sudden when I had to all of a sudden be like, this is what my prices are. They're like, wait, what? And then I was like, well, how dare they? And it's like, well, I never, like, you have to let people know you're giving them a deal if you are. And I always say like, there's room and flexibility to give discounts, but they need to know they're getting one and you need to let them know, okay, so today I'm giving you this, but I just want to let you know, moving forward, it'll be at this. Also, when someone sits in your chair and is like, oh my God, I'm so broke. Things are so tough right now. And then we instantly go, okay, well, I can only charge them this much. Mm -hmm. Like my therapist doesn't do that. And she hears me talk about how crappy a week I have all the time, right? Like your therapist. And that's another thing I've done on social media is like your doctor, therapist, and lawyer don't just give you a discount when you've had a rough week. 
And so just because someone sits in your chair and vents to us because we're safe doesn't mean that they're asking for a discount or that expectation is there. That's all you projecting the, your fear of charging them. And it's hard to take that responsibility. We want to project and we want to make it their fault, but we own the communication side of it. And we own what we, what the decisions we make. I love what you said earlier with, we teach people how to treat us. And that was the biggest aha moment of having a life coach and going through coaching was I would be boohooing about something that happened as, you know, the salon owner about an employee. And she would say, well, what, what part of your behavior caused that to happen? And I would be furious with her. Like, how dare you say that was me? It's her. And she's like, we create our own circumstances. You are responsible for that. I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. And now I look back and I can listen to those recordings and a hundred percent it was me and how I was being. Mm -hmm. And we all come into adulthood with a money story that we inherit from our parents. And I can look at my parents now and the way that they treat money and their feelings about money and self-worth. And it's crystal clear to me now that I've been coached and I've gone through the work. But when you're not, you don't even know you're doing it. I would have one-on-ones with staff members and we would be talking about retail and you know, hitting goals. And I'd say, what's preventing you from hitting those goals? And they would just give me that blank stare. And I would say, you know, what, what are you thinking when you go to recommend a product? And the one girl finally came right out and said, I would never pay $24 for a bottle of shampoo. And that's why I feel weird asking a client to do that. And I'm like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Let's talk about that client. And that client happened to have a $5,000, you know, handbag that she brings into the salon and tosses on the chair and doesn't care if hair color gets on it or anything Mm. else. And I'm like, let's talk about her handbag. And that's okay that she has a $5,000 handbag. But what I'm trying to tell you is you don't have a $5,000 handbag. So for her, that extra money doesn't mean as much as it means to you. And you don't get to decide what that client can or cannot spend on shampoo. Your job is to make the recommendation and let her decide what she wants to do. Yeah. So also the person with the $5,000 handbag isn't always the person that finds value in the $25 shampoo. shampoo. Mm, Right. Like I always say, like, don't like the clients when I, I did this huge price increase and the people that were most upset with my, were my wealthiest clients and the people that didn't care were my, were my clients that work minimum wage. Like what you make has little to do with how you prioritize. Absolutely. And so we think with other people's pockets and we assume the people that look wealthy or do have wealth are the ones that will pay. But sometimes those are the people that, you know, they prioritize their money differently and that's why they have wealth, right? (laughs) Because they don't spend as much. Um, And so we really can't, we have, I always say like, you have to educate and give opportunity to everybody equally because I remember like one client had just opened up a brewery. Like I can't imagine how expensive a brewery is to open, like all that equipment and everything. And I was like, she's not going to spend money. And she was asking about straightening her hair. And I had GHD straighteners for 300 bucks available. But I'm like, she doesn't have the money to do this. And then she's like, oh, what's that? I'm like, what's a straightener? She's like, how much is it? It's like 300, 300 bucks. Kind of like did it like, you, you don't yeah. want to start. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'll take it. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like if she wouldn't have asked that, I would have lost out on $300 that she just, not even, not even a hesitation. And I realized in that moment, I have to stop assuming what people have and don't have or what they will and won't spend. And on, on, in the vein of priorities, I was blown away by the, actually quite disappointed in the story, but 
a client of mine owns a lot of uh, those kiosks in the mall where he sells mm. watches and he repairs mm-hmm. watches and he does really well. He has all kinds of billboards and, you know, multiple locations. And I reached out to him and said, Hey, are you okay? I mean, for me, I would love a Michelle watch with diamonds, but that's the last thing on my list during COVID and, and, quarantine yeah. and all that. So I was like, are you okay? Like, are, are people buying things? He said, Elaine, you can't even imagine how busy we are right now because people are getting that free check from the government that they never got before. He's in a big mall. I don't know if you've heard of King Prussia Mall is like a big, you know, people okay. know it all over the country. They have the highest end um, stores. He said the line for the Louis Vuitton store, they had velvet ropes to rope it off. The line was wow. wrapped around the mall of people going to buy their first Louis Vuitton with the money that was meant to feed their kids, pay their mortgage and their incidentals. And I'm like, what is wrong with us as a society if that is what people ran to the mall to get a a handbag that they don't need when that was supposed to sustain you when you had to stay home and not Mm -hmm. be, you know, going to work. So it's, it's really... I think the COVID, what COVID was meant to do for us, we've missed the mark on the message in a lot of ways. Because <laughs> a lot of it, I think, has been a gift of the pause of seeing that maybe we're not giving our clients the attention that they deserve, that we're squeezing mm-hmm. too many people in and we're trying to do jump from head to head and do people in between instead of taking the time to really chat with your client about their needs and talk about that flat iron or talk about that straightening treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Just really. And like, I was actually live on Instagram this morning talking about like, we need to, if you're making less money right now, you need to change your lifestyle, but not many people are, but it's not our job as a hairstylist to change people's spending habits. We can't own that or take that responsibility. If people are still, and also the other thing right now is like our industry has been hit hard financially by this, but many industries have not been affected financially whatsoever. And so don't assume that because you, your job, you've been making less money that your clients have been making less money. Lots of people have saved money. They haven't had to pay for gas to go to work. You know, their kids, they are not having to pay for daycare. Like there's lots of people that have actually saved money throughout all this, but we only know the perspective of our industry has been hit hard, but not every industry has. And I love the word perspective because I talk about it all the time that we always see things from our own point of view and our own life experience. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they say the story, you and I could be in the same car and watch an accident in front of us. And your story and my story are going to be completely different because you're seeing it from your background. They're both true. They're both true. And you could argue for, you know, days on end about your perspective versus mine. And that's what was really upsetting about this election. And I, I, I had to stay off of social media during the election because people really had great arguments either way mm-hmm. because it's, it's how does it affect you? You know, if yeah. you're a business owner, you're going to be affected completely different than if you're an employee or an independent contractor. Everybody's situation is different. And we need to come to the point where we can you know, you talked about reciprocal friendships, you know, it should be, I hear you. I understand what you're saying. This is my perspective. And we can both chat about it smiling and still be friends. Mm -hmm. I don't need to take you over to my belief system and you don't need to believe in mine. We can still be friends. 
Yeah. Respect. Hopefully that comes, comes out of all this mess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I love, I'm glad I'm not American. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, you have, you have a whole other benefit to that. Um, Tell, tell people listening how they can enter into your world. You know, they may not be ready for the rock your business course. You know, is there like a mini version of some way they can get a little glimpse of Dawn and and what you have like I would first say, like I have a, a podcast called The Anxious Creative. So if people relate to the feeling awkward, misunderstood, and having anxiety, <laughs> come come over and listen to my podcast. It talks a lot about that. And um, but if you're wanting to get into some education, I have um, the client building bundle, which teaches you how to uh, get your client get clients in your chair, not have an empty schedule, but not just any client, the right clients, and how to make more money with them. It's twenty seven bucks, I believe it. I it's going, the price is going up soon. So I don't know when this is airing. Uh, it might go up a little bit. Um, but it's a really, really inexpensive way to get into my world. See if my education is what resounds with, with you. So I I would welcome everyone donbradley.com slash clients. That's awesome. And that is a great price. And I love that you said the right clients. That's something that I wish I had learned earlier on in my career. It used to be like, warm body pulse, warm body pulse, you know, kids Mm -hmm. cut bridal updos, waxing, makeup, you know, all the things. And 80% of the time I was doing things that didn't light me up or make me feel passionate about it. And I would have gotten so much further faster had I really connected to my joy and my passion and done more of those things and, and really reached for that strategic client fit because it makes your job so much more. I stopped dreading going to work. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. How many days do you spend in the salon now? I am in there about one to two days a month. So not as much. I'm definitely just, um, just, just doing education now, which is my full-time gig. But my thing is the reason why I don't leave the song long completely is I never teach from something. I would never teach something that I wouldn't do. Absolutely. And that's the most important thing to me is like, it's it, the easiest thing is to tell people what to do when you haven't had to practice it. And I refuse to tell people something that I haven't done firsthand and like being like an anxious, awkward, introverted person, like showing up in business and standing up for myself in business has been tough. Even communicating that I'm having a price increase has been so hard. It's like, you know, they always say like, if you can't do teach, Have you heard that Mm -hmm. phrase, Mm -hmm. but I refuse to be that person. And so that's why I stay in the salon. It's like, I want to remember what it feels like to, you know, go through the motions of all these things. I never want to lose touch so that I can give my students the absolute best uh, education that they possibly can get. Well, your passion definitely shows through. Um, I love this conversation. You and I could talk forever and ever about our (laughs) our life as online entrepreneurs, it's, it's a whole new world with that. And um, I feel, and I'm sure you agree, I feel so grateful and blessed that we started when we did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finally during COVID, hairdressers are realizing how powerful a virtual education can be. And that, you know, sometimes it would prohibit them from getting to education because there were flights and hotels and Ubers mm-hmm. and meals and leaving your family. So we're definitely um, very blessed to do what we do. And I so appreciate you. And I'm going to go give a listen to your podcast. I want to hear about that. Thank you. I can't wait till we can see each other in real life again. Yes, But until for then. Sure. <laughs> for sure. Thank you so much. And everyone, 
reach out to Dawn, check out her $27 offer, which is definitely the bargain of, of 2020. Um, get a glimpse into her coaching and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.